What's up, NBA fans? We uh, just passed probably the most fun part of the NBA season. Maybe second to free agency, depending on who's available. But the trade deadline madness is always a fun one. And so fun that, I mean, on ESPN, the jump with Rachel Nichols, they they went live for three hours um, prior to the deadline. Like This is how much the madness has just um, grown over the last decades here in the NBA. Um, and so for fans like me, you, and Sean, uh, we we just cannot get enough of it. And surely this year it lived up to the hype, I think. Sure, the big star in Anthony Davis didn't get moved, but it was just an absolute rampage across the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. We're seeing some Western Conference teams go from what we saw was 14 teams competing to get into the playoffs to now maybe only 11. The Eastern Conference Big 3 probably got a lot stronger Um, a couple players were basically just hot potatoes for a bunch of general managers Markel Fultz is getting a fresh start and of course this now rings in the second wave of free agency being the buyout market um, and as well as people being waived left and right Uh, so Sean just uh, give me a quick reaction on what you just witnessed the last couple weeks here man this was so epic Alan I think, I mean, we all thought Anthony Davis might get traded, which would have been really epic, but as a consolation prize with this happening, I am so satisfied right now. Like, my my NBA just emotions are just so high right now. I'm so stoked to see what happens the rest of the season, see what happens this offseason. That trade deadline was insane. There was probably, like, 12 trades that happened today, like, in in between the time of, like, 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. Pacific time. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the day started off a little slow. I remember at uh, during the trade deadline last year, I was on the bus ride to work around 8, 8 or so a.m. And that's when the tweets started coming in with the Isaiah Thomas uh, trades that, that happened between the Lakers um, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And that seemed like a big deal then. But today, um, being the trade deadline day, just left and right, they started coming in around well, probably like 10 a.m. Yeah, all like the way up until the absolute last hour. Right, yeah. I woke up this morning expecting to see some stuff, but there was really nothing going on until like later in the morning. But then everything started pouring in like crazy. And it seemed like every team was trying to make a trade. And it's I think yeah. almost all of them did. But this leads into my trivia question for you, Alan, for this week. Um, with all the trades that went down over the last seven days... There was only one Eastern Conference team that made zero trades this entire week. Oh. Who was the team? So when you said you had a trivia question, I was seriously banking it was going to be a Laker Clipper related uh. trivia question. <laughs> and I had the answer for that one. Oh, like, yeah. when was the last time the Lakers and Clippers traded uh, with each that other? That would have been a good one, yeah. I, 33 years. 33 years ago. Dang. <laughs> they really don't like trading with each other. <laughs> yeah, but that's a tad, but trivia I just, bonus I question like, right there. Yeah, but this question, okay, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't realize out of left field for that you. many trades went down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, only one Except, Eastern Conference team. Oh, I am not ready for this one. <laughs> um, I'm just scrambling through my mind all the Western Conference teams. I think it's it's got to be Charlotte, right? Wow. Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets. Well done. Final answer. Charlotte Hornets <laughs> is correct. Got Impressive. It. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I, I put you on the spot right there and you nailed it. You did. I just, it was, I got to guess, I got to say it was a 50% guess. And the 50% was, okay, they were in the running for Marcus Sol. And outside of that, 
I don't remember hearing their name come up. I mean, Cody mm-hmm. Zeller's still on that roster. Michael Kidd Gilchrist is still on that roster. Um, Marvin Williams is still on that roster. Yep. Everybody's, Everybody's there. there. <laughs> yep. And yeah, they, like you said, they were supposed to get Gasol and we all thought that he was packing his bags and leaving for there uh, just a few days ago. But then some weird complication happens that none of us are really aware of. And now mm-hmm. he's on a different team that we'll get into later. Yeah. And this is the thing is some of these trades come way out of left field. Like you got a set of like maybe three teams that you think it's going to happen and the tweets come out related to those three teams. And then way out of left field, we get another team. And I think that's what happened here with the Marcus Sol trade, of course, Porzingis. But before we get to that, we have to talk a little bit about Anthony Davis. I mean, <laughs> or what I'm didn't sure, happen. <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about what the hell happened. Also, what didn't happen because a lot of stuff from a lot of people were coming out over the last few days regarding Anthony Davis. And I guess the only way we can actually understand this all is by doing a series of uh, just a timeline of the events. And this um, is just an so insane I, timeline you've listed right here. There's, <laughs> I can't believe that, that there was this much stuff in regards to the Lakers trying to get Anthony Davis. Yeah, this is, this is quite, this is why I had a hard time sleeping the last few days and I was just glued to my phone on Twitter, just <laughs> uh, trying to see what was going on. But basically the big three players uh, with everything is Brad Turner, a beat reporter for the Los Angeles Lakers. Shams, obviously the writer for The Athletic, and we all know Woj, uh, the Woj bomb. So uh, basically these three were like headed the um, the route of information regarding the Lakers and Davis. So let's start with January 31st. Uh, Brad Turner uh, tweets that the Lakers presented five trade scenarios to the Pelicans and that the Lakers want to get a deal done before the summer and have no plan to outbid the Celtics. Solid, mm. solid tweet, solid stance from the Lakers. Yeah. And we get to February 1st and a couple events happen this day. Davis's father, Anthony Davis's father, <laughs> jumps on saying, doesn't want his son on the Celtics. No loyalty over what they did to <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. <Brutal. laughs> then we get to Shams, who tweets that the Lakers have yet to place all assets on the table with quote-unquote low-ball offers um, and reports that the Lakers' offers are not worth countering or pursuing. Um, which seems kind of contradicting to Turner, who tweeted that the Lakers had five offers. Oh, well, little... Was one of them like a <laughs> straight-up swap for Anthony Davis with all the five young guys? <laughs> how, about, I mean, they would have... how about Lonzo Ball for Davis? No? How about yeah. <laughs> Brandon Ingram for Davis? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if, like, the five trade scenarios were really that ridiculous. Like, Kuzma straight up, Kuzma Lonzo straight, straight up, up Ingram <laughs> straight up. <laughs> you have enough players to make those five offers. Um, but anyways, then Woj gets into the game February 2nd, um, tweeting that the Lakers' first offer was Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Rondo, Michael Beasley, and a first-round pick. So, that was, I'd say, this is a, a weak offer here. Um, yeah, only two and then we get them. to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, then we get to the 4th, February 4th. Uh, Turner tweets that the Lakers are still waiting for a Pelican response and that their trade offer has included picks, young assets, and cap relief. Um, so basically the three things that I think any team uh, wants to wants to come out of via a trade. Um, and then also that infamous list of teams came out of Anthony Davis's preferred destinations that doesn't didn't include the Celtics, but did include the Lakers. Um, Woj tweets that Magic and Dems had multiple discussions on this day. And then right on time, LeVar Ball comes out <laughs> saying that his son, 
if he is traded, should go to the to the Phoenix Suns. Um, obviously, <laughs> trying to control the destiny of his of his son there. And then Woj tweets that Danny Ainge pushes the, the Pel- Pelicans to hold off on a trade until the summertime when they can make a trade. And then Ramona Shelbourne, uh, another beat reporter for, out of LA, uh, tweets that the Lakers felt, have felt that co- the conversations have continued to be one sided. Um, so up to this point, it seems like we get different. Uh, narratives here with Shams and Woods reporting sort of taking the angle that the offers have been low ball and then you get Turner uh, basically saying that the Lakers have offered multiple options including everything that the Pelicans would probably want right yeah so what do you think up to this point Sean is there is there a conspiracy happening here or do you think uh, uh, everybody's telling the adding a little bit to the to the real story that's happening <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, up to this point, I have to think that the Pelicans have no desire to get rid of Anthony Davis now. Like, yeah, I just I don't see the reasoning for why, like, this all came out, except for that his agent, Rich Paul, wanted him to go to L.A. so he could be with LeBron. Like, it, it all just seems like very underhanded by by LeBron's agent there, by Anthony Davis's agent to try to force this thing to happen earlier than it needs to. And yeah. it's smart of the Pelicans to not cave in as a small market team. You kind of feel bullied sometimes by some of these big name teams like like the Knicks, like the Lakers, and feel like you need to do something to save your team. But they were smart to hold off and not take these ridiculous like these ridiculous scenarios with just Ball and Kuzma and some old guys that don't matter. Like th- this wouldn't help their team at all. But yeah. what they ended up countering is a little ridiculous, and they probably should have came down to earth a little bit to try to make a deal with the Lakers. Um, yeah. Some reports saying that they're asking for like six to eight draft picks as a package. Yeah. And this is where the timeline closes is on February 5th. Um, Woe is reporting that the Lakers are still waiting for a counter offer. Um, and then Brad Turner, the B report of L.A. tweets that the Lakers have officially uh, pulled out of talks, quote unquote, after outrageous asks. And the rumors being that the Pelicans came back and asked for uh, all the young assets, Ball, Ingram, Hart, uh, Zubak and Kyle Kuzma alongside four. Some said <laughs> six, six first round draft picks. <laughs> yeah, six to eight first rounders, four first rounders. I mean, basically, you're asking for four first round picks from when. Anthony Davis is 24 right now. That means the Lakers wouldn't have a first round pick until this man is at least 30 years old. (laughs) Right. Which I guess maybe you don't need, but also like that is just ridiculous. Like for one player to get eight draft picks plus five players, like the, I mean, I mean, it's an offer where it's like, they're just doing that just to troll the Lakers. Cause they're like, yeah, we're not going to trade them right now unless you give us something stupid. Um, Right. And then, yeah. And then the breakdown of this timeline, I think, kind of tells that story. So close it off there. Uh, Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated uh, writes that reportedly the Celtics are working hard to convince the Pelicans that their offer will still be there in the summer, being the Celtics offer that they put together, whatever that may be. you got to imagine it probably has Jason Tatum, a couple first-rounders alongside Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown in there. And then officially February 6th, Woj tweets that no communication had been happening between the Lakers and Pelicans. So at the end um, of all this back and forth, it almost seems like the Pelicans were just not willing to probably make a deal uh, before the trade deadline here. Right. I mean, so the Celtics do have all of the great assets, and now you're looking at other teams that have acquired assets too. And 
uh, like the Clippers, namely for one, that have acquired a lot of draft picks on the trade deadline that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You just got you you want to get all the offers that are available to you, and there's no reason for them to immediately go to the Lakers to make this trade happen. Um, they they have no reason to appease Anthony Davis's wishes. Um, he's on contract for, with them for another year and a half, and if they want to keep him around for a year and a half, that's what they're gonna do. Um, I yeah, do and- I do see a likely trade happening this this summer. Um, just the way everything's been going, but lost in all this too. Um, not including this timeline because it's very Laker centric. Is that Kyrie Irving said that he doesn't owe anybody anything, and he is yeah. not. He is not um, confirming that he's gonna resign with the Boston Celtics next year, which would confuse things even more. Um, if the Celtics do, they even want it to give the house for Anthony Davis if Kyrie Irving isn't there. Also, maybe you want to keep keep Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and guys like that if your team's not going to have its superstar anymore. So that yeah, will be really interesting to follow too. Yeah. The worst case scenario there is Kyrie walks. They trade everybody for Davis and Davis is left in Boston yeah, in a with worse, Aaron Baines yeah. and <laughs> like Al Horford and uh, yeah. Daniel Tice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that would be the worst case scenario. But yeah, you, you got two conflicting uh, timelines there. You got to prepare for is, um, you know, draft night, you can start, potentially talking about start talking the setting the place for a trade and then you get into free agency and you got to figure out whether you're going to you're going to keep Kyrie or not and if he if he doesn't stay then you got to figure out if you can even make this trade and would it be worth it if uh Anthony Davis just ends up walking from you um in that in that situation yeah wow so there you have it Anthony Davis remains a pelican he's going to play out the rest of the season for them uh, now mm-hmm. that the trade deadline's passed, they don't have to worry about him getting injured. Um, yeah. So yeah, here's a here's another tweet that came out to close it, and I didn't list it here, but uh, <laughs> Lon- or not not a tweet. It was more it was an Instagram story from Lonzo Ball, uh, basically recording um, the song "We Ain't Going Nowhere." <laughs> um, and I, I gotta say, I mean, it's got to be about that, man. I I gotta. I, there's no doubt in my mind these young guys love living in L.A. and oh, playing totally. for the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, why do you think Anthony Davis wants to go there so badly? L.A. is where it's at. <laughs> and that's what the yeah. Clippers are banking on too. It's like it's still L.A. It's the same exact stadium, sta- same exact everything, except for the the history of the Lakers. So that's what the Clippers are trying to sell it as, and it might work. It might just yeah, be enough. Color- the colors are a little bit different too, but hey, I guess red, that's, white, and blue, uh, man. Besides the point. Doesn't get not, <laughs> does not get more American than us. <laughs> True, but how about Kristaps uh, Porzingis? Yeah, this was getting into the a real crazy trades. trade. Yeah, yeah, this is the the first trade to really go down. I guess you could say maybe Rodney Hood's trade happened first, or well, oh, I guess whatever. But yeah, but no, Porzingis this one. gone. Yeah, this happened a day after we recorded our last podcast, which is just awful because this would have been great <laughs> to cover. Um, I I kept, I was just touting how great Dennis Smith Jr. just played in a game. He was one of our best performances of the week. I was like, good thing they kept him. And then the next yeah. day, he's gone in this trade for Porzingis where the Mavs end up getting Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and uh, the Mavs end up giving up DeAndre Jordan, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., along with 2021 and 2023 first-round picks. Uh, with the 2021 being unprotected, uh, most likely will not be a very good pick, but we'll, we'll see what happens with Doncic and Porzingis here. Um, th- mm-hmm. This is a really interesting team now, and I mean, they're going to be tanking this year. Um, they're, they're trying yeah. to hang in there for a while now, but man, with this European core, 
with Doncic and Porzingis now, and he'll be at full strength most likely because Mark Cuban's already stated almost for him that he will not be playing this year, <laughs> even though he's healthy, and said he's been medically cleared to play. Porzingis uh, doesn't seem to have much say in the matter. Um, they're yeah. really thinking about the future here for these guys. Yeah, I applaud uh, Mark Cuban and the Dallas uh, team for really putting this together. I mean, and as, alongside uh, just New York in general, I guess a little bit of how this did not go public. In some way, in fact, I mean, unless I refuse to believe that it actually did happen within two hours when the meeting with Porzingis and his team and New York Knicks management happened. And then within two hours, he shipped out of out to Dallas. I refuse to believe that that's how it went down. <laughs> yeah, um, they must have been like putting him out there for a little while. But exactly. I, yeah, there was no rumblings of this trade anywhere, though, until like they had that meeting. Yeah, and I think I think the truth will come out maybe at some point in a book or something because <laughs> I mean New York basically put the story out there that Porzingis's team was being aggressive and uh was uncertain of his future in New York and he wanted to be part of a playoff team. Um and then Porzingis uh adding to his Instagram story uh the morning of the, that this trade went down saying the truth will come out oh. soon and New York deserves uh New York fans deserve better. So Is that a shot at Dolan right went there? Down. You think that's a shot at Dolan? I think it has to be. Yeah, it has, it has to, be, to be. And this trade is not very good for the Knicks. No, like, this I is can, a t- I bad can't deal. believe that this is what you get for Porzingis. Like, you get yeah. uh, DeAndre Jordan, who's definitely going to go at the end of this deal he's got going. Um, mm-hmm. Wes Matthews, who they just waived. Dennis Smith exactly. Jr., who they could have drafted instead of who they did. <laughs> I think it was Frank Nielakina in yeah. that draft two years ago. And you're getting a 2021 pick, which who knows what that'll be. In 2021, the Mavericks could be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just, I don't feel like they got anything except offloading Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr., which was their own fault in the first place. <laughs> and all, yeah, you lost I mean, the unicorn. Yeah, you could take the uh, cap relief angle on it, but that's to assume that something big is you're going to do something big with that cap. You can't just hang around with free cap space just <laughs> right. for the sake so, of it. Yeah, then you're, you're the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I'm sure you heard the rumors though, about how they, they're like, they think they're a shoe in to get Kevin Durant in free agency this year. I mean, I feel like rumors like that have been going around for years now and with different players uh, that they're reportedly wanting to go to New York and, I just don't see it, man. Like, why would Kevin Durant go to New York um, uh, to be the guy in a the mo- one of most like largest cities in America? And okay, let's say it, let's say it d- it did happen. Like, um, they did catch a whiff of somebody's agent talking about that 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 might happen. That's such a bad bet. Yeah, that like <laughs> that just is a gamble on bet. that. It's like at least the Clippers have two max spots, but the Knicks like they're only banking on Durant. And that yeah. that is a lot of risk, and they, they all that you got in return was Dennis Smith Jr. Essentially, um, and right. I, I like Dennis Smith Jr. a lot, but Porzingis, man, like Porzingis this is a man is that would have stayed with you for a long time, and you had to get mm-hmm. rid of him for cap space in the hopes you signed Kevin Durant. Porzingis could potentially be a top ten player in this league, like I think so. Oh. Um, so here, so here's the. Um, I guess here's the uh, here's the underlying X factor is Porzingis Porzingis's health here, and yeah. I think that might be. I mean, there's no obviously there's nothing. It's just a, a thought, a suspicion, but maybe his health 
had a little bit to do with uh, sort of pushing the new New York management to, you know, not only gamble on the fact that maybe they can get a free agent, but also uh, the fact that it's probably Porzingis' value is not as high as we think it is due to health reasons. Like maybe mm, yeah. it's possible that this injury that he has, not only maybe will it affect him, but it might be, be something that's part of a, sort of like a bigger picture injury problems that Porzingis has. Maybe he has he's susceptible to chronic injuries and something else happening uh, in his career. Like that's possible. Yeah. Um, no, that, that definitely is a factor to take into account. Um, you're seven foot three, 240 pounds. You're pretty skinny for being seven right. foot three. So he definitely is susceptible to injury. Um, and that, that's probably why they're going to sit him out the rest of the season because they don't fully trust that he's a hundred percent yet. Yeah. Um, so and that there, there is some risk being taken on there. You're right. Yeah. So just, to, I guess I'll contradict myself, but argue with myself here, but yeah. I will, I'll say this. I think Mark Cuban and that Dallas team, I'd have to say that they might be a, a couple of smart guys. I mean, when you look at what happened with Chandler Parson, Mark Cuban loved Chandler Parsons <laughs> and when it came time to re-signing him uh, they let him go and yeah. the big reason for that was they understood the health implications that came with having Chandler Parsons on your team with those knees he had and obviously it w- it ended up being a good bet on their side as he has now gone to Memphis and has not played any any games there yeah but the big difference here is that you're talking about Chris Stapps Porzingis versus Chandler right. Parsons yeah Chandler two Pars- different players he, he could have been like a I think his ceiling was like a Chris Middleton type which yeah. is all star level, but Porzingis is like top ten ceiling, and that that is so much more worth the risk, especially when you're only giving up what you gave up. And like, I don't think right. they even wanted Wes Matthews and DeAndre Jordan. Like Dennis Smith Jr. Like that's that's a bummer, but they were already trying right. to get rid of him in the first place. So I don't feel like they really took on much risk to take to take Porzingis from the Knicks. Right. So here's a question that has to be followed up here. It's like, so let's just assume. The more likely scenarios here for New York. Yeah. They don't get any top free agent. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how how oh. much longer will we until we see the New York Knicks in the playoffs again? Another decade. <laughs> it's going to be it until the next big be. free agency, which is like every four years, I feel like. Like yeah. every, every four years, I feel that's when like the Supermax deals expire and that's when the superstars come back in to play. It's going to be another four years at least until the Knicks are relevant. Yeah, it's going to be until like that crop of D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, those guys potentially, and even the guys behind them. Right. It, it's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really scary. I, I'd be so nervous right now if I was a Knicks fan. But yeah, so mm-hmm. going back to the Mavericks side, they, they weren't done after they got rid of three of their starters. They they, they were cleaning up everyone but Doncic uh, by trading Harrison Barnes to the Kings for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. Um, just a straight player trade, no draft picks there. Um, Zach Randolph going to be waived um, by the Kings, but um, or by by the Mavs. Yeah. But Justin Jackson, a cheap role player that they could keep there for a little while, while they continue to develop um, some sort of big three potential um, with what they got between uh, Doncic, Przingis, and whatever future player they get. Yeah. Um, I, good I, trade I like for both deal. sides, I think. Harrison yeah. Barnes was a contract they they should never have signed in the first place. Yeah, that was a that was a type. Tough bullet to to keep on. I mean, Harrison Barnes looked like he had some upside, in my opinion, when he was on the Warriors. Like it seemed like maybe being among all those stars held him back a little bit. But he this year he's um actually 
performing worse than last right. year. I mean, he's still <laughs> averaging 17 points, 38% from three, but it is slightly uh, lesser than his 18 yeah. points of last year and close to 40% of last year. So mm-hmm. at 26 years old, you would think he would ha- he would be breaking out. I mean, if you look at a guy like Tobias, Tobias Harris, Harris yep. <laughs> 26, he's having the best year of his yeah. career and through incremental improvements every year. Not, not like a massive improvement. And Harrison Barnes, you'd think, would be a candidate for something like that. Stays healthy. He's right. a starter. Um, he's got good, good, good size, uh, but it just hasn't happened. Just is not uh, as so, good. Uh, yeah, for the Mavs, huge, huge upside. I mean, you get rid of his contract, you bring in Justin Jackson, member of the UNC team that won that <laughs> national title. Yeah, he's a locker room favorite. I think he'd be a solid, cheap role player in a couple of years, but you have him there. Uh, Harrison Barnes for the Kings, I think he's a solid addition. I think this really solidifies that the Kings are here to play. Man, they're gonna get. They're still part of that. Uh, Big 11 trying to pursue the uh, the eighth seed there in the Western Conference. Well, yeah, I mean, so we're talking about Dallas here tanking this year. And we'll get into mm-hmm. how the Clippers just utterly tanked this year. Um, Pelicans kind of tanking a little bit without... The, for some reason, they don't think they can make the playoffs anymore. And so now you're looking yeah. at the Kings, like, have the straight shot at the eighth seed now. And they make, they make some great moves here. But getting Harrison Barnes is another great shooter... Um, to complement the rest of these young guys. And I yeah. think this is a great move for them to at least give themselves a good scrappy team to go up against the Warriors in the first round. Um, yeah. it, it'll, that'll be a really fun series, and they're going to give their fans quite a show. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for these Kings. Um, they really they really stuck it in this whole season, really fought hard, um, kept themselves in contention. And I really thought if the Clippers had kept their team together, they would have been the eighth seed. Um, but yeah. now the Kings got to be got to be the easy favorite to make the playoffs now. Yeah, well, they still got we still got the Lakers here. Still got the Lakers. LeBron's yeah, back, but that's true. But I will say the Kings with Harrison Barnes. Uh, I mean, he fills in their biggest uh, hole in their roster, which is they needed an, a, a three, a small forward that could they could that was flexible, vers- versatile off the switch, and could really guard uh, some of the some of the lengthy guys in the Western Conference and. They got him for that purpose, and he can shoot the three alongside Buddy Heel, mm-hmm. um, uh, right off out, out on the wing. So good pickup here. Yeah. So you really, you really, what you do is you insert him in where you had Iman Shumpert before, and I think that's a huge right. upgrade for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, pairing him up with yeah Heel and Fox in the backcourt, and then Bagley, uh, Collie Stein, Giles, whoever you want to put in that in those uh, front court positions. Um, this is a solid team. I, I did forget, yeah, LeBron, Lakers, that it's going to be still a battle between, but it is now like basically between those two teams. Yeah, I'm still just hoping for the year when we get all uh, California teams in the playoffs. When is that going to oh, happen? Oh, man. I thought uh, I thought this year might have been the year, man. I thought so that this could have been it, but gosh dang it, Clippers had to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, here the Dallas Mavericks are shooting to keep their draft pick, right? If it, um, I mean, it's still an outside shot. So basically, what happened? So they got Luka Doncic in the draft last year by giving Atlanta their first round pick this year, but it was protected for one through five. So if they get lucky enough for them to fall into the top five of the draft this year, they'll actually get to keep the pick, which could be really huge for them. Maybe landing a guy like Zion Williamson, an RJ Mm -hmm. Barrett, perhaps a Cam Radish. Um, Any of those Duke boys would be really good for this team. And um, that would be huge for Dallas as a whole to start their rebuild um, right away. 
Yeah. I mean, at this point, you got Brzingis, you got um, Doncic. I mean, you got to be fo- trying to follow what the 76ers are doing right now is, you know, you got your cheap guys on, on rookie deals for the next four years mm-hmm. uh, in Doncic. So why not add on top of that, layer that with a couple uh, near age, younger guys, and then try to get one one big free agent, which I guess at or one big contract, which I guess at this point will be Porzingis in a couple years. But alongside right. that, you you can still afford another big deal. So I would I would if I were him, I would try to shoot um, to try to keep that pick this year. Yeah, and Dallas could potentially fall. I mean, Memphis will be a hard one to out tank. They're three. They're about <laughs> um, four and a half games ahead of Memphis right now in the standings. So they're gonna be hard to pass, but they could easily lose out to Minnesota and New Orleans and be third in the West. But then you're, you're talking about a lot of these East teams, possibly all the way Orlando through New York, that could also still have a better record than Dallas at, by the end of the season. So for yeah. them to get a top five pick will be very difficult. But when you give up four of your starting five, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I wonder. Hopefully, they got enough guys to to play their next game. Uh, yeah, for real. I mean, that's yeah. Speaking of not having guys to play your next game, uh, how about this trade? The Los Angeles Clippers made getting rid of pretty much half their roster, <laughs> but most importantly, uh, a favorite of mine that I, I did not expect this trade to work out last year, but Tobias Harris. Um, being shipped out yeah. a year later to Philadelphia, um, man, he had a great he had a great season with the Clippers. Um, second half of last year, first half of this year, he easily turned himself into a fan favorite for this team. Um, he he's he's just like one of the hardest working guys in the league. I feel, and he's oh, improved he's an every all-star. year. All star. He he With should their, be an all star. Yeah. If there was no, I mean, it's hard to take anybody out anybody out of the West. But out of the East, Tobias over D'Angelo Russell yep. any day. Tobias over, over Chris um, Middleton. Over Chris yep. Middleton. Mm-hmm. Over Bradley Beal? I'd say so, man. Yeah. They're pay- Clippers are a playoff team. Washington Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage. But yeah, Tobias yeah. Harris, yeah, sadly, um, but probably smartly moved right at the trade deadline, along with best buddy Bobin. So not all hope is lost. It's a bit, little bittersweet. Uh, and uh, Mike Scott <laughs> thrown in there, too, to the 76ers for... Landry Shamit, Mike Muscala, Wilson <laughs> Chandler, and then a buttload of picks. Uh, the 2020 first round pick for the Sixers. Um, apparently highly coveted 2021 unprotected first um, via Miami. And then a couple of second rounders. Um, I, guess, yeah. I guess everyone assumes Miami is going to be like one of the worst teams in the league in 2021 because everyone's talking I, about how amazing that pick is. Oh, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I, when I saw that, I was like... Yeah, that has a lot of potential. I mean, <laughs> Miami is stuck in a hole right now with the contracts. Right. They were able to get but rid of that Tyler like, Johnson contract. Right, but, they're, but they still still like, have, they're not the worst team. They still have all these guys two years from now, so it's not like they're going to be the worst team in the league. I wouldn't say that the worst. Yeah, you're right. They're not the worst team, but I mean, you're also taking a bet that the Eastern Conference will hopefully be good enough to push them out um, in 2021. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping so now, but, like, (laughs) I just don't see how it's... I mean, I see it being, like, 11th or 12th pick right now, like, honestly. Like, I still see them being, like, 11th in the East or something. Now, so that's a realistic... That That's what I think is more likely to happen, but there is a small chance, I guess, that the Atlanta Hawks, Orlando Magic, Brooklyn Nets, um, and the teams that are good now stay good, uh, obviously, uh, jump 
the Miami Heat in 2021 yeah. just because they're stuck with so many deals on their <laughs> roster right now right. up until that point. So True. And, I mean, you got to think that they're going to play. Right now, the Miami Heat are probably thinking of just playing out these contracts, tanking. Uh, well, they probably shouldn't tank in 2021. But <laughs> yeah, they have no incentive try. to tank. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they try to tank after the after next year. I don't know. I think mm. I think I think the cards right now are looking that they might be either uh either looking at 11th to 15th pick and if things really go bad or well, <laughs> uh, they'll be top 10. All right. Well, I'll I'll be rooting against Miami in every single game 2 years from now. Um mm. but anyway, going back to this trade, um to the players in the trade. I mean, Tobias Harris to the Sixers is so interesting. This um, is huge yeah. for the 76ers. As a, a non Clipper fan, this has got to be one of the most interesting trade. This has got to be the second most interesting trade to the Chris Epps Porzingis one. Maybe even the most interesting trade that happened because he is the most influential player right now for who can impact a team this season. Um, you obviously had Marcus All, Nikola Miritich, and a few others, but Tobias Harris is the best player right now that was traded at the deadline. Yeah. And you add him to this star-studded squad of a starting lineup with Simmons, Redick, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid. I mean, I, I'm sure Harris's points per game will go down with this, with this new team, but as of right now, they average 103 points per game between all five of them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's more than the entire <laughs> Memphis offense. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. I think but I'm that's suspecting true. It's going to be around around the same, especially no, after what Memphis did to their team yeah, during the oh, trade deadline. They got rid of Marcus, and they got rid of Shelton. They got Mack, rid of like of Garrett to everybody that that did oh, anything. Garrett Temple, yeah, yeah, right. Michael Green. What? Yeah, everybody. But yeah, hundred three points just between the starters. That's firepower that only the Warriors can really match at this point. Right, this is an arms race in the Eastern Conference. Everybody make made moves, which is crazy. I, I mean, some of, <laughs> there must have been some heavy uh, espionage going on. I think because I it's a, that's crazy that this was a coincidence that uh, you know the Bucks went out there and got somebody, Raptors right. got somebody, Sixers got somebody. <laughs> it's like, like a, it was like a domino effect. You know, they're like they see the 76ers making this move, they're like crap now I feel I I have to do something. You know, like maybe I'm yeah. not at the hump yet. I can keep going keep giving up stuff to win now because it seems like all of them are in win now mode especially philadelphia now um, right and, they're they're set up I for think, the future too with the stars that they have yeah and i was gonna say i mean i think marcus all has the all-star accolades defensive player of the year but when you look at it, i mean marcus all's 33 tobias harris is 26, 26. He's, he's having a he's having his career year right now averaging mm-hmm. 20 points on 43 percent shooting from three um it's crazy to think that this, this is his fifth team in his 14 year career now so uh, you're right you this is, the is most... like more like four five year career <laughs> oh right yeah because because i mean yeah this guy yeah 14 yeah, i don't know uh, I think where, maybe where you're looking at marcus souls <laughs> yeah i think i, I think i might have accidentally counted but anyways <laughs> it's still Fifth team, fifth team in his his, his career yeah. to this point, which is funny for a guy who's borderline all star, but his game just fits so well with I think almost anybody out there. I mean, at yeah. six foot eight, two hundred thirty pounds, this guy can play the three, he can play the four. He's a solid rebounder, not elite, he's, but great. He's a great defender um, too. Yeah, great defender. Uh, perfect from catch and shoot three. I mean, forty three percent from three. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Um, he can pull up a mid-range. 46% of his shots come from that mid-range area. So he can pull off right off the dribble, pull off the pick and pop. Uh, 
We, this is exactly we love, what the 76ers needed. We love needed. Tobias Harris. I don't think we can say enough good things about Tobias Harris. He just he's he's that team player that just fits in every single mold. Um, he can be your best player. He can be your third best player. Um, that's what he's mm-hmm. gonna be for Philadelphia. And I mean, I don't remember if we ever talked about it, but we, I mean, I've I've definitely said in the past if if Tobias Harris was the third best player on a team, that's a championship team right there. And oh. th- this this is gonna be um, evidence. Um, if, if that rings true or not, because this is exactly what you get. I mean, Ben Sim- you could argue Ben Simmons and Harris are close. Embiid is definitely better than both of them, but Ben right. Simmons has a little more versatility, and Harris is going to be that third best player. You have Jimmy Butler as your fourth best player, man. That is so <laughs> insane. Like this I would, is somebody be- would make the argument that Tobias Harris is the fourth no, best player. No, yeah. really? No, you don't think that. I don't, don't. I mean, I go that. back and forth, but I know there will you be some people that. that would take you up on Jimmy Butler being the third one. I, I, I'm with you. I well, I won't completely agree with you. I think I'm still like iffy about it because I, I'm just not a big Jimmy Butler P- fan. Okay, but put anyways, Jimmy Butler on the Clippers instead of Tobias Harris. What was their? What would their record have been through this, these like 55 games that they've played? I think it would be slightly I, less. I think it would be less, which makes him worse. Okay. Yeah, I just think his game, Jimmy Butler's game, is just—it's hard to compare the two because their games are so different. Um, but I'll say this: if anything, Tobias Harris provides that insurance for the 76ers That if Jimmy Butler comes out with like an outrageous ask of a contract, yeah. like give them gives. I mean, I think give Tobias, Tobias team, instead. Uh, yeah, He's give younger. some of that money to Tobias. Younger. Uh, I think his game just fits alongside these guys a lot better. Right. And I'm pretty sure they have long-term plans to sign him to a ma- to what I presume would be pretty close to a max deal the way he's been playing this year. And I, we already know Jimmy Butler's going to ask for the max because he's voiced that this entire time. He says he's a max player. He he thinks it himself, even if none of us really think that he's a max player at this point. Um, but Jimmy Butler's going to ask for the max. Tobias is going to ask for the max. If they don't both come to some sort of resolution where they're like, okay, we want to keep this core four together. Let's pull a warriors and take less money. Um, mm-hmm. If that doesn't happen, then um, you're taking Harris over Butler for sure. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, but I mean, does this send the signal here that the Clippers are in tank mode? I know you've mentioned it already, but I mean, Doc Rivers mean? came out this morning <laughs> saying, we're not tanking. That's the coach, my dude. The <laughs> coach is not, I mean, he's not the GM anymore. He's not involved in True. these moves. He had he probably had no idea Tobias Harris was going to get traded after he made that game winner against Charlotte the other night. <laughs> so, I mean, as the coach, your job isn't to purposely lose. It's to win no matter what kind of lineup you have. Um, you mm-hmm. can't give up. It's your job to just play with the players that you have. And Doc Rivers has historically done really well with really janky lineups. So he's going to continue to try to win. Um, he's going to fail because they did the absolute best job they could in making sure that he would be set up for disaster. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, they're in obvious tanking mode to try to protect their first round pick from Boston, which is protected through the lottery. So if they were to make the playoffs like they were on pace to do, then Boston would have their first round draft pick and they would prefer that they take it this year rather than in 2020 because the draft class looks stacked this year. They want a chance at some really good guys um, in 2020 mm-hmm. might or 20. Yeah. For next year's draft, it might not look as good. So they're, right. they're willing to give Boston that pick instead to try to get a good rookie this year to pair alongside hopefully uh, what would be hopefully Kawhi and Kevin Durant coming into town. Uh, we'll see if that we'll happens. See. 
But yeah, yeah they've, a, they've committed fully to that. They're in obvious tanking mode right now to make sure that they don't get that eighth seed. I don't think they really care if they end up being the ninth seed in the West, as long as they're not the eighth seed. Um, yeah. they, they get rid of Teodosic and Gortat for God knows why. I don't know why <laughs> they waived these guys. They're on expiring deals anyway. Just let them play out the season for you at least. I don't understand it at all. It's so ridiculous. It's agent relations. They had to have been. I guess uh, so. But yeah, I mean, the Clippers weren't done after that. Uh, they traded Avery Bradley to the Memphis to get rid of his contract. Um, in return, mm-hmm. getting Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green, who are both on expiring contracts, and they'll clear some cap space for next year's. Avery Bradley was due $12 million. Um, yeah. So if these are not obvious signs of tanking, then I don't know what it is. I mean, Dallas, Dallas probably did it the best. They got rid of four of their five starters, but I mean, we got rid of Bobin, Tobin, uh, <laughs> Avery Brown. We got rid of two of our starters, and then waved, yeah, and, and then and, waved another one. So I mean, that's that's about as close as you can get. You waved the European <laughs> magician. What happened to the European magician? What a short-lived. Oh, um, he never really got the chance, you know. I mean, he's just, he came to, I just think he came to the NBA just way too late. He was too slow. I mean, yeah, he was like 30 years end. old when he got here. Yeah, I mean, obviously the eye is still there, but the athleticism was not. Right. You can't keep up with the NBA game. But anyways, right, so you trade Avery Bradley. Uh, you get rid of that $12 million you owed him this year and next year. Uh, so you clear cap space. Um but here's what I wanted I wanted to say about the Clippers. Every time I think about free agency is a, is I think it's a joke, but then I think about <laughs> one man that's on that staff. Yep. Uh Jerry West. That's the Jerry man. West is still on the Clippers. Jerry West has done wonders in uh with the Warriors, uh with Memphis. Obviously there's enough enough can't be said for what he did with the Lakers, Shaq mm-hmm. and Kobe. Right. Everywhere he's gone, he he's <laughs> ma- he makes things happen. Right. And he could honestly be doing nothing. We have no idea who actually orchestrates these trades. Like, Lawrence Frank is the GM, so he should be the guy getting all the credit. But instead, all the comments you see are like, just Jerry West, GOAT GM. <laughs> it's like, maybe, yeah. it's like I mean, he might have a say, but Lawrence Frank is there too. And I don't know who's calling the shots. And I'm sure, I mean, just the way, the way these moves have like played themselves out, it seems like Jerry West is the one doing it because they're so drastic and they just right. seem like they're all part of this grand master plan that none of us are aware of. Yeah, and I, that's that's what I think. Um, it's it's more entertaining to think like that, that Jerry West <laughs> at 80 years old is deep in the weeds yeah. in L.A., just like got the whiteboard, the walls full of pins and, and all that. <laughs> or it could be, I mean, he's probably in like Malibu just chilling and every now and then they give him a phone call and he'll talk for five minutes and that's right. it. Maybe that's all it takes. Maybe he's that great. He can just get it all done in five minutes of phone conversation. Yeah, but as long as he's on that staff, I gotta, I, I can't count, I can't count the idea that free agency could be big for that team when he's whatever staff he is. So that's my my take on that. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to make a point on Garrett Temple and to Michael Green in terms of like, are we sure they're tanking? Because these two guys. They're not that bad. They're both better than <laughs> Avery Bradley, and you get two guys better than Avery Bradley here. No, interesting. That's an interesting take. I yeah. I really don't think you're looking at the stats, but Avery Bradley is a better defender than both of these guys. Okay, yeah, you got Green. Um, you know, close to a seven footer, nine point six rebounds, twenty two point twenty two minutes a game. Garrett Temple, nine points, three rebounds, solid three point shooter. 
Maybe he they pushed the, Dude, the nine points in thirty one minutes is not good. Like that it's is better not, than Bradley. That's <laughs> better than Bradley. <laughs> just barely. Like that is not that is not anything I'm turning my head about. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll we'll see. I think I think a little okay. part of me thinks. Oh man, maybe this team will be a little bit. Okay. Better what, than okay. So the Clippers, they're thirty and twenty six right now. That means they have twenty six games left. What do you think they go in those last twenty six? Uh, enough to hold on for five hundred at the end. Really? Yeah. That is maybe. insane. <laughs> oh man, I'm going like, I'm going like five and twenty. Five, five and, 20. and twenty one. Do you see what happened? That's to this? really blowing you see it. See what up. happened to this team tonight? <laughs> I mean, they got <laughs> absolutely clobbered tonight by the Pacers. All right, I'll go forty eight. I think they go forty eight. Okay. I don't even know what five and twenty one would equate to, but it's got to be lower than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they'll go. They'll be like 35, 35 wins at the end of the season. Uh, like this, right, this squad see. is just such garbage. <laughs> yeah, let's let's see how it goes down for the Clippers. But on the other side, as soon as the Clippers get their hands on Mike Muscala, they ship him across the street to uh, to the Los Angeles oh, Lakers man. for Michael Beasley and Zublaka. Oh, and you, now this, you hated this trade. This is probably oh, the one you reacted to the most out of all these blockbuster oh, trades. <laughs> this is easily the worst trade of the night. Uh, why? Bold what take. is happening to LA? <laughs> what is Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka doing here? <laughs> I can understand the logistics of it a little bit. Uh, so Zublaka is a restricted free agent this summer. So I, with this trade, it's obvious they had no plan on I'm bringing him on back. extending yeah. a qualifying offer, bringing him back. So it's a cap space move, kind of, because you might have been able to still get him on the cheap. But Zublaka, a guy who averaged 20, 12 points and six rebounds since the new year over 13 games. I mean, this guy also put up a couple of uh, double-double 20 and 10 performances a couple times. Um, and in return, you get a shooting big man in Mike Muscala, <laughs> kind of, because he, he was shooting, he's been shooting really bad this year, 34% versus last year shooting 37. So if you think you can get him back to 37, it's a solid That's pretty kind decent. of good trade. Yeah, yeah it's decent. Um, but if not, then you kind of just got rid of a young prospect for an exp- for a bad expiring contract <laughs> here. Uh, so That's clearly you, it's a yeah. cap space move. But I think to have sacrificed Zubak, I think it's a bad move here. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty brutal. And I mean, Mike Muscala was like the token guy for us last year when we had to name yeah. a pl- random player that didn't matter at all. <laughs> so now, now he ends up on the Lakers in this hilarious trade. I just can we please just get a professional on this team? <laughs> we we shipped out Michael Beasley, but we traded him for we got another scrub in return, and we gave a young prospect in Zubak. So here's here's what I think probably ultimately happened. Like all these reports of the confrontations that the Lakers or Luke Walton with mm. a couple players had after that loss against the Warriors, maybe some of it was true uh, because yeah. Michael Beasley was part of that story and he's the one who ended up getting shipped out. And I wonder if that event uh, sort of put some pressure on them to just kind of try to get rid of this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other point is you open up a roster spot for the Lakers. So that potentially puts them in play for a buyout candidate or a waived player or worst of all, Carmelo Anthony. Don't get this man on the roster. But now it's more than possible. Oh, they're going to do it, aren't they? They're really going to do it. They I can't. Might. I I I will not be able to handle watching the Lakers just struggle 
playing with Carmelo Anthony on the floor. Like, it's just going to be so painful to watch. Like, they're going to be up 15 against whatever team. Then Melo's going to come into the game and jack up a bunch of crap, play zero defense. And they'll be, they'll, yeah. the game will be like, they'll be down 10 before you know it. Yeah. <sighs> this, that won't be a good move, but it's now within more, more than ever, it's in the realm of possibility than before. Uh, so Zubak, you were the, the sacrificial lamb for oh, this, so unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, how about to the other side, the second probably big trade that occurred from in the Eastern Conference arms race is you got Marcus Saul traded to the Raptors for Jonas Velasunas, uh, CJ Miles, Delon Wright, and a second rounder. Yikes. You thought you could Highway probably get robbery. more for Marcus Saul, but this robbery. is it. <laughs> what just happened, man? This trade is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I understand how you'd call the worst trade of the night for the Lakers trade, but this yeah. is ridiculously bad. You get Valanchunas, who isn't even on an expiring <laughs> deal. He's still making $17 million next year. And, and he has a broken hand. He has a broken hand. <laughs> and you're only saving like $8 million on the cap that you would have tra- made for Marcus Saul. And you get CJ Miles and DeLon Wright, who are just middling young players who did really had nothing for Toronto that they could offer. They barely made themselves in the rotation and not even a first rounder, which for Toronto would only be like a 25th or 30th through 30th pick. It's a second rounder, which is like a 55th through 60th pick is like, what? This is ridiculous. How, how could you give up Marcus all so easily while you held on to Mike Conley so firmly because you couldn't get a good deal for him. Yeah, it almost seems like why even make the trade? I mean, ultimately, probably Gasol's team really pushed for the trade to happen, and Memphis probably just felt like they might have owed Memf- uh, Marcus Saul that. So that might have been a little bit. And then the second part, I think ultimately, I think the size of Marcus Saul's contract was just way too much for any team to really want, and that might have worked really heavily against Memphis. Um, I mean, Marcus Saul's thirty three and having. Uh, a really off career year, but I think, I mean, he's still an impactful player for the Raptors, especially, which is crazy considering that, I mean, they kept everybody, the young core, yeah. Siakam, OG, Van v- Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry still there. Um, this is, this is, this is big news for it's them. A dangerous squad, man. I mean, talking about the, the 76ers having a squad, this is one too. I mean, they can go big um, and have Marcus Gasol and Ibaka and Siakam, mm-hmm. or, or they could, um, just roll with the Baca and Siakam if they want to go small. So they, Gasol gives them that option now um, to do whatever they need to um, to match up against certain teams in the playoffs. And Marcus Gasol, like while he's still been middling a little bit, he's not he hasn't been playing as well because he's aging. He's still a triple double threat. Like this, this is one of the yeah. better passing big men in the league. I mean, four point seven assists doesn't seem like a lot, but it's second among centers, only to Nikola Jokic, who's averaging a ridiculous seven point seven assists <laughs> for centers, which is insane. Yeah. But four point seven assists from your center is very impressive. Um, so you just yeah, still give you a little bit of everything. Right. I mean, some of those Memphis teams that really got deep into the playoffs, a lot of it had to do with Marcus Saul's ability to play next to Zach Randolph, another big man, mm-hmm. because he could he could just put the ball in, in good spots for him or throw it out in the wing to a, a guy like Mike Conley. And in the Raptors case, you got Kawhi Leonard out there who can shoot the three. You got Kyle Lowry out there who can shoot the three or any of these young guys who can uh, dive right into the basket uh, for points. So. Marcus Saul is a great addition, not only a defensive big man, but a smart guy on the offensive and defensive end. And on top of that, this guy's actually upgraded his three-point shooting 
a little bit every year to now where it's he's shooting 35% from three. The only center with more made threes than this guy right now at the center position is Brooke Lopez. Wow. That's that's actually really impressive. I thought it would be like yeah. Embiid or something. Yeah, so Marcus Gasol is the pop, the pick and pop threat, uh, defensive presence, the sp- a little bit of spacing for you. I um, mean, just can bail you out with some good plays, and ultimately also just a great locker room personality. The guy loves to win. Uh, I mean, when you're one and a half games away from the number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference, and you're looking to make a run against the Warriors, this is a guy uh, that you you want on your team. Right. Yeah. Could not have worked out better for him. I think. I, I mean, I'm I'm happy for the guy all these rumors surrounding where he was going to go. And I mean, he had a lot of loyalty to Memphis. He's been there for so long and um, they, they really did him a solid by trading him to a contender. And um, he's going to have a good time running through the East and it's going to be a battle up there, man. Now with, with Gasol yeah. there and Tobias Harris on the Sixers. And um, now we got Nikola Miritich traded to the Bucks for some random. Right. Th- okay. This might be the worst trade. Uh, man, there's some <laughs> bad trades that went down. Like, some of these players that teams got are really good players, and they just gave them up for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, here's this: the thing about Miritic is, man, he kind of just has some trouble staying on the floor. Uh, he gets injured left and right. Sometimes it seems like he's a like just the air, the blow of the air just kind of <laughs> breaks him, which is but, crazy. He's a pretty, he's not like a link, like lanky dude at all. You know, he's like pretty right. built. Yeah, but I think it's this is a great move here. I mean, the Bucks just continue to improve on their strategy of like uh, sort of like the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers strategy of just Giannis just, you know, destroy the paint and just surround <laughs> the man with the best shooters you can get. Um and Mirotic is another one of those guys. He had ex- a lot of success playing alongside Anthony Davis, so why would he not alongside a guy like Giannis? Mm-hmm. Not quite the same players, but both sort of big men who love to to score inside um, and pop out and shoot in the mid-range area. So uh, yeah, this, this, is, could this be, is great. Yeah, I mean, we saw what Miritich is capable of at the beginning of the season before he was hurt, and he was just shooting the lights out. He was playing so mm-hmm. well, and you're like, wow, like Miritich is looking like all-star caliber. Um, right. And he's, he's probably not going to get back to that form, and he still is a little injured now, but when he comes back for this team, he'll, he'll definitely fill that role um, as a shooting big man. And now that between him and Brooke Lopez, they are always going to have a shooting center out there, um, no matter who's spacing the floor. And exactly. all, all they gave up was some dude I didn't even know named Jason Smith, um, Stanley Johnson, who they got from Detroit <laughs> somehow, and then four second round picks. Four second round pick. I would rather have one first round pick that is like in between 25 and 30, which is where the Bucks will probably fall. I would rather have one of those than four second round picks. That is ridiculously stupid. <laughs> I mean, they're probably looking for the next Thon Maker oh, or something. Thon Maker was a fifth round, was a number five pick. <laughs> oh, you're right. Maybe yeah. I want to say Giannis. I mean, Giannis was a second rounder. He was? Maybe out of four, maybe you get one. G- was Giannis, Giannis was- a second round pick? I have no idea. I don't remember where he's. I, so I, I mean, the, the, I the only second round picks that. I can remember: Monte Ginobili and Draymond Green, and Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, you got Isaiah <laughs> Thomas last but pick of like, the draft. Man, I don't. It's, even if you have four of these things, most of them end up just being Svima Kailuk. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> or like players yeah. that you don't even remember their names. Like or they never the, make it to uh, the yeah. NBA. Right. I think the plan with the second rounders is I think you keep this core together for a while and you use your second rounders as sort of maybe you get a cheap role player at some point. Yeah. It's not a bad strategy, I think. But yeah, you're right. Maybe a, a 
a better first rounder would do you a more solid. This is such a small market team trade. Like I was praising (laughs) them before for being the small market and not giving in to terrible trade offers from the Lakers. But then in turn, they accepted one to the Bucks. It's like they really didn't get anything very valuable in return for a guy that is a like is already a been a contributor for this team before. Yeah, and I think more importantly is this trade actually also solidifies that uh, the Pelicans are not looking to make a run for the playoffs anymore at this point. Yeah, uh, which is crazy because Anthony Davis was just about to come back. I mean, exactly. he's, he actually could have been coming back this week, but they held him out of playing because <laughs> they thought they might trade him. Um, but yeah, you I mean, get Anthony I th- Davis back. Like, you got to think you have at least a shot, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, Del Demps, I mean... I just think that guy knows he's going to lose his job soon. And <laughs> I, don't, I, really, I don't think he knows what he's... He's just kind of going with the flow, I think, at this point. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in the man. He's an L.A. native and still, I think he played the L, the Lakers dirty. Right. Yeah. Maybe but he's a Clippers guy. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So there were still other trades that happened. Um, we don't have all the time in the world to go through all of <laughs> no, them, but let's just go no. big deal and forgetful because these trades, yeah, maybe impactful, maybe not. But first one here is Lakers acquiring Reggie Bullock for Svi and a second rounder from the Detroit Pistons. Uh, big deal and forgetful for me. I think this is actually a big deal. Anybody that you can get on the Lakers who can shoot higher than 70% from the free throw line, higher than 35% from three, is a big deal for this team. Hmm. Okay, I'll buy that. I think he is a good addition. He's much better than Svi. I mean, Svi might be better in the long run, but he's just not right. ready yet, and the Lakers need someone that can contribute now. Yeah, and I think I think you can tell LeBron James is getting a little irritated. I mean, he's used to a style of play, and he needs shooters, and the Lakers thought they could be revolutionary and somehow winning games without shooters. Uh, not <laughs> yeah, gonna that happen, didn't pan man, out, so, so <laughs> now they're going with the shooters. Yeah, so Reggie Bullock, yeah, you trade a young asset. Reggie's more, I think he's 27 years old, and uh, he's probably going to be a little bit more expensive than you would have paid for speed if you kept him a couple more years. But for now, I think he's a good addition to this team. Right, yeah. What about what about this other Pistons trade here? Swapping Stanley Johnson for the Bucks' Thon Maker. Um, Stanley Johnson then becoming Nikola Mirotic for the Bucks. So kind of a big deal. I, I was going to say forgetful here. Uh, I mean... Sure, Thawmaker gets what he if you wants. Look at the Johnson's picture, okay. Yeah, because they're able to get Stanley Johnson into Nikola Miritich. Um, that ended oh. up being a big deal. You're right. You're yeah. right. Okay, then then I'll, I'll I'll reverse course and I'll give you the big deal on this one. Yeah, you're right. Without <laughs> Stanley Johnson, there is no Miritich. Yeah. And I guess Thawmaker, maybe he does end up becoming something special in this league. Uh, nah, we'll never know, but now it. he gets his opportunity. Yeah, at least he had yeah. a good Game of Zones call out. <laughs> it's true. How about this? The Miami Heat can got rid of one of their uh, big guard uh, contracts that they have is Tyler Johnson and Wayne, and they swapped uh, Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington for the Suns. Uh, Ryan Anderson, a guy who's somehow getting paid big money without really playing <laughs> much basketball. Uh, nope. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. So Tyler Johnson, I I think with this deal, you save like one year of contract. As Ryan Anderson's on contract for two years, Tyler Johnson for three years. So there's that. And I mean, the Suns get a point guard. So, <laughs> eh? I, I think for me, it's a little forgetful. Eh, it's a little whatever. forgetful. So, like, eh. He could, yeah. so he could be well, good. He's better than what they got. Yeah. 
It's crazy that this trade made it to this section, but I but I mean, it is what it, it is. is. So the Wizards dump Oder Porter to the Bulls for Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and a 2023 second rounder. Wow. What? Ooh. Talk about a fall from value. That is, yeah. That, that's another way worse trade of the draft for the Wizards getting nothing for this guy just to get rid of that ridiculously bad contract. This wouldn't be in the big deal for our forgetful section if Otto Porter actually got sent to a contending team. But since he yeah, got traded true. to the Bulls, it's like just so sad. It's forgetful. Yeah. It's forgetful. Yeah. We won't even remember it. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe Order Porter makes us remember this trade. Um, and a couple games, there's still 30 or so games left in the season. So maybe he redeems himself a little bit. But when you talk about fall from value, I mean, this, this is up the, there with like the Alfred Bulls Payton. Wa- why do the Bulls want that contract? I mean, they probably they just need some upside. I think on their squad. <laughs> I guess Something. so. Ah, that's yeah. terrible. And you and you got to you got to somehow meet the league cap minimum. I think. I feel and, like both teams got worse somehow. <laughs> yeah. How about the Wizards swapping Markeith Morris for the Pelicans? Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson still in this league. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I think we're gonna call this one forgetful and move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is forgetful. Ultimately, both of these guys. Probably we waived, or maybe Wesley Johnson stays on the roster to finish the the season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, forgetful. <laughs> yep. But Shelvin Mack, Grizzlies trade Shelvin Mack, another one of their few scoring options off the bench. Uh, they He's dump gone. him to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, forgetful, but and it's just it's just one of the pieces of the Grizzlies just collapsing from the inside. I, I would be careful if I was Memphis. They somehow they're going to be a worse team than they were last year when they didn't have Conley or Gasol, and they just had yeah. a gang of G leaguers. Right, and now they and had Conley be the and Gasol. Oh man, yeah, that that yeah. puts it in perspective. That's brutal. Yeah, and how about the Kings initiating another trade? Um, Scott Labras. How do you say this guy's name? <laughs> Lavasier. <laughs> Lavasier for the Blazers. Right? Caleb Swingin. Um. <laughs> uh, that's nothing. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, for, like I don't even know why it happened. <laughs> I, I, I don't know either. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some contracts or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But right at the buzzer, Markel Fultz getting traded to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first rounder and a second round pick here. Uh, That's a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Wow, I agree. Yeah, we'll talk about this one a little bit. I mean, Markel Fultz getting a second chance with this team and. I mean, he's still not clear to come back yet, but they say he's supposed to come back this season. And the Magic, um, just having a string of terrible luck with young players, uh, trying their luck with just one more in the in the former number one overall pick. And you know what? They really have nothing to lose, so I don't blame them for this move at all. Yeah, that's true. You trade Jonathan Simmons, which you know it's okay. He's an okay player, but you're not going anywhere. As a team and trade a first round and a second rounder, I mean, that's a little bold here. But with the upside that you might get with Markel Fultz, I think it's it's probably worth it. Well, who I feel a little bit bad for is uh, Vucevic and some of those guys on the Magic team who probably got a little bit excited that they might be a playoff team. <laughs> now it looks like that's definitely out oh, the yeah, window a little bit. Not. I mean, uh, not that Jonathan Simmons is the difference between them making the playoffs or not. Yeah, but it's a, it's, a, it's another sign. But anyways, I don't... It's a big deal for sure, and I just hope the best for Markel Fultz, but the Orlando Magic have not been known for their player development. In fact, they've been known (laughs) for shipping out guys who ended up being really good somewhere else. Um, So maybe they can turn the tide on that that perception here. Yeah, let's hope so for Markel Fultz's sake. I think we all want to see him play well. Right. 
So after the buzzer, um, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this trade happened. <laughs> this was after twelve o'clock. Well, maybe it was agreed, and the reports just came out, or maybe it was re- agreed upon like literally like minutes before the uh, <laughs> yeah uh, the actual clock. But the R- Toronto trades Greg Monroe to the N- Brooklyn Nets for a second round pick. Yep. Okay. And they just had to make room for Gasol, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well. Yeah, it's forgetful here, but uh, mm-hmm. wow, you want to break this, down this the, is a fun one right the wild adventure one here? <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick and Wade's excellent adventure through the trade deadline. Um, th- this <laughs> is like one of the like like people were catching on to this happening as it was going on, but it's just hilarious how like these two guys just had ended up going through like five different teams in the matter of four days. So let's start from the <laughs> beginning. So they started off. Um, in Portland with the Trailblazers, and uh, the Trailblazers end up shipping them out, um, getting Rodney Hood from the Cavs, um, along with them, um, they traded two second rounders of the Cavs in that deal. And then after that, a three-way trade occurred between the Rockets, Kings, and Cavs um, that sent um, Shumpert, Stauskas, and Baldwin to the Rockets. So Stauskas and Baldwin moving again, this time to Houston, um, with the Rockets shipping uh, Chris Knight, or Marquise Chris, uh, Brandon Knight and a 2019 first rounder, the Cavs, while Alec Burks goes to the Kings. And just when you thought that their journey through the trade deadline was over, the Rockets end up dumping them along with handing the Pacers a second rounder as a favor, which they seem to do a lot is just give cash or picks to these other teams just to dump players for them. Um, to the Pacers, um, the Pacers taking Stauskas and Baldwin, who are then waving them. Um, so they are now free agents. <laughs> so you go from being fully employed, you know, r- rotation players um, On a contending to going team. to multiple teams. Yeah, to going to multiple teams and now not having a job in the NBA. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know why both of them, too. It's like Nick Stauskas hasn't been p- playing that badly this year. I mean, he's had some good games and he's been a great three point shooter. I don't know yeah. if Wade Baldwin's played at all or not this year, but. I know for sure Nick Stauskas has. So I also don't know why these yeah. two guys are packaged together as like the guys that nobody wants. Everyone's just playing hot potato with. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because when I saw his name pop up alongside with the Rockets, I was like, that's a pretty solid pickup, you know? It's a better three-point shooter than Gerald Green you're probably throwing out right. there. They just dump him. But they just dump him. <laughs> and even the Pacers. The Pacers probably need some guard depth. Um, but I guess these aren't the guys they want. Nobody so. wants them. I don't <laughs> understand it. Like, what did yeah. they do? What, what did they do so badly? I found the Lakers. Maybe you take Dude, a little Nick's look Stau- at Yeah, Nick if you're Stauskas. trying to get three-point shooting, yeah, sign Nick Stauskas. Don't sign Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> get Nick Stauskas. Come on. Um, to eat up some of those minutes that you, you're giving to Lance Stevenson, like, that, he's not a bad shooter. Yeah. yeah. So the only other That's time funny. I can remember guys getting moved around this many times was Luke Ridnour. Was tra- <laughs> Luke? Do you remember Luke Ridnour? I do remember. Luke yeah, he was, I don't remember the trades though. I, I don't remember either, but I remember he was traded four times in this before the same trade deadline. Wow. <laughs> so the guys who were so there's a series of guys you got <laughs> Nick Stauskas and Wade Baldwin are obviously the highest ones, but yeah. you got them too. And who else? You got Mike Muscala who also got moved multiple times. He got moved times. multiple times. Um who else got moved multiple times? Oh, uh Stanley Johnson. Oh, Stanley, Stanley Johnson, Johnson got moved multiple times. That's <laughs> uh, just absurd, man. Like it's just mad it was a pure rampage, like you said. 
Yeah, the, that's the only that's the best <laughs> word I can use to describe what happened. Pure rampage. And anyways, to close the podcast out, that rampage may not be over yet because on final thoughts, now that the tread deadline's passed, the second wave of free agency is about to begin as we get into the playoff race. Um so the buyout market and the players that are waived are probably just as good as any other year. And mm-hmm. basically, here's the list of guys you got. You got Tio Dostic, Michael Beasley, and Gortat, or Mike uh, Beasley and Gortat from the Clippers. You got Ennis Cantor from the Knicks, who just got waived. Wesley Matthews from the Knicks, uh, at this point likely signing with Indiana. But then you got a series of other guys. Robin Lopez, a buyout candidate. Dwayne Dedman, another buyout candidate. Jeremy Lin, potentially buyout candidate. And Zach Randolph, who was just waived, and Ben McLemore, who was just waived. Um, so solid guys who mm-hmm. can probably make slight impacts to some teams. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how the race plays out. Yeah, I mean, Wes Matthews, that could be a good one for Indiana if they can get him on the cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. I can definitely see Ennis Cantor. I mean, Ennis Cantor is a double-double <laughs> machine. And he just stopped. They just stopped playing him just because they didn't want him to do anything good. <laughs> it's just insane. Is is? I mean, oh. yeah, that 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 was an interesting case. And I think part of it's just he still owed a solid amount of money. And he's kind of a defensive liability. But, yeah, he is not that bad. <laughs> he's not that bad. And then, and then I can definitely see Dwayne Denman and Jeremy Lin uh, being uh, good on some contending teams to get in some spark plug minutes off the bench uh, for some contenders. And, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of potential out there. I mean, Carmelo Anthony's out there. I really don't want to report on him signing with the Lakers next week or something. But if it comes to that, uh, we'll, we'll have to mention it and we'll have to follow. Um, how poorly could we he see, makes them. Could we see a reunion of the brothers' mustache in OKC? That would be pretty epic, honestly. You think they'd do they, that? They, I don't know. It's possible. I mean, <laughs> Billy Donovan was not a big fan of his character. He wasn't. But, but man, do it for the, the memes at least. <laughs> yeah, do it for the memes. Get it to get, get it together. Get, get another power forward on that there team. There you go. Yeah, well, thanks everybody for tuning in. The trade deadline was... Uh, or Rampage. It was Woo. fun and we had a lot of fun covering it and I hope you guys check us out week in and week out and don't forget to subscribe and like us across all platforms and social media. We got it. Have a good week everybody.